Hello and welcome back to the White Noise Podcast with your usual host Sky and Liana. It's been a minute, we're aware. It's been about <laughs> two months, I think. You know, your girls needed a break. We've worked on some personal projects. We've been taking care of our mental health, you know, which is really important. But we are back. So <laughs> we don't regret taking the break at all. But one thing we do regret is that we weren't able to release our Scream 6 review uh, back in, when was it, Liana? Like, oh god actually... knows the film came out i think like at least two months ago now yeah that's a good thing to remember actually we i've only seen this film once i'm guessing you've only yeah, seen it once only the well. ones yeah basically we thought doing a full-fledged review kind of wouldn't be worth it because one our memories of the film are not going to be totally accurate but also it's been a while i'm not sure how much everybody cares anymore <laughs> um i still care you know youtube viewers if you can even see it with my camera quality i have even got like ghost face earrings and everything <laughs> i was i was ready but you know the the world wasn't so mm-hmm. what we thought instead is unbeknownst to us it is mental health awareness month we didn't know this when we decided to do this episode but it just fits quite well we thought we would talk about mental health representation in horror because when we did our screen five episode last year it was something we briefly touched on because you know, mental health in horror isn't anything new, but I feel like when I watched the new Scream film in comparison to others before, sorry, not the new Scream film, Scream 5 in mm. compared to others before, I don't know, it just became really prevalent to me, the negative representation that mental health has gotten. So that's pretty much what today's episode is going to be. That was a bit of a rambling introduction. Like I said, it's been a while, <laughs> but yeah, there'll be a little bit of a Scream 6 review, but we're mostly going to be talking about the representation of mental health and horror. So, Very nice. <laughs> so I want to start by talking about Scream 5, which is just called Scream, which you already mentioned. I think the treatment of mental health in that film really surprised people because mm-hmm. seeing these depictions like in that film it feels very dated and it doesn't feel like it fits into our contemporary world and view look at say something like split which we are definitely gonna get into later that came out what 10 years ago i imagine something like that yeah it's, it's probably nearly something like that but anyhow um when that came out people were really shocked by its treatment so i mean this is another like what nearly Scream 5 was like another nearly 10 years later after that it just it was surprising to see like there had been no change especially since we've had films like you know uh, Hereditary and The Babadook which really dive into these topics and treat them with respect I mean you could have your own stance on that but I would say that's the general consensus I feel like we're going to try to talk about both the positive and the negative representations of mental health in this video, but we are probably mostly going to talk about the negative because unfortunately that's kind of the main yeah. vibe in horror. Do you know what's funny? I looked, so I literally searched for positive uh, mm. mental health representations in horror films and mm. obviously I couldn't find a lot. And you know, the ones I did find, I yeah. never even really heard of that could be like, film ignorance on my part but I just yeah. think obviously they didn't get popular for one reason or another could have been mm-hmm. like small budget films yeah there's a whole host of reasons but yeah like Leanna said can't I say you can't have the positive about the negative <laughs> no that's not that's a, a bad analogy let's go for like more of like a, a I don't know a good news bad news situation situation start with the bad move on to the good and um, yes. because Scream 5 and especially Scream 6 was the bad yes. and do you know what I think made it even worse? Mm-hmm. I don't 
buy into the plot relevance of it all. The, no, not at to all. Me, the only relevance was they needed a reason to have Skeet Ulrich come back. Yeah, I mean, if you removed that element of the film, it wouldn't change in either it five really or six. Wouldn't. Nope. And you know, there's something really interesting about Scream 6 as well that, like, I almost had hope for it in this aspect. So the film kind of starts after, you know, you get that opening, the iconic opening scene. It goes into Sam in therapy. Mm-hmm. And something that I feel like a lot of horror sequels need to kind of buy into a little bit more. And in the past, some of them have, but again, not in a positive way, is that obviously in a horror film, these characters go through extremely traumatic experiences that are going to leave some residual afterwards, yeah. you know? Like, either people are going to try and completely ignore it, which kind of like Tara tried to do, mm-hmm. and then there's those people like Sam who can't help but focus on it, but do mm-hmm. want to get help to move through yeah. it. But then that was utterly ruined by the <laughs> therapist. <laughs> Again, I could be misremembering this because it's been a while since I've seen it, but the therapist just suddenly turning on Sam and like almost becoming fearful of her. And I was like, this is not an accurate representation of therapy for one. Like, mm-hmm. how did you ever get your I, <laughs> your license? Therapy license. Mm-hmm. If that's how you react to patients who because I guarantee even though obviously what she went through is traumatic, I guarantee you that it's not the worst thing that therapist has ever heard. Oh, one hundred percent. It was just so dramatized, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. And I also just think that the writers of this film have never you know had true experience with those kind of things I mean that's an assumption but still and I don't know I was just frustrated because like you say I liked that it showed two different reactions to trauma but it was just completely undermined by the rest of the narrative yeah showing like a therapist reacting that way would scare people who are impressionable from seeking help like and it frustrates me because yes this one piece of media won't do that but it's this one piece of media amongst many you know what I mean? It's it's so pervasive that like therapists sometimes get scared of their patients and stuff like that. And it's just so stupid. And it also like Loki was giving like Riverdale serial killer genes. <laughs> it's just like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't even have Riverdale on the list. I don't know if we've got time for that. No, but, I'm going nowhere near that shit. <laughs> but I feel like this is like kind of leads on into something else that is really important. Like you just said, obviously these portrayals of people who we're, you know. I should have said at the beginning of this episode, obviously me and Leanna are not experts. Mm-hmm. We've done our best to like get the research together that we need for this episode. Um, but you know, if we do say anything that is incorrect, you know, or ignorant, please do educate us. Like we have absolutely no intention of kind of making a- assumptions or decisions either way because we don't have these experiences. Like Leanna just said, a lot of the problems come from these filmmakers and just people involved in the films not having any experience or have done any research yeah. into these mental health conditions. Um, and we don't want to add to that. But for that reason, it's interesting what you say about how, you know, when you see a therapist react like that, like the therapist did to Sam in Scream 6, it makes you think, well, what what is the point of me getting therapy? Especially because, you know, I'm sure it's the same elsewhere, but at least in the UK, therapy is not fucking cheap. No. It takes a lot. Like, even though it's not right, you know, me and Leanna are each of us therapists at, these, at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way we can afford to get anything done. <laughs> But then that's why it also goes into the portrayal of like psychiatric hospitals and things like that. Because, you know, even to this day, you know, Ryan Murphy being a fucking big one for it, <laughs> the portrayals of psychiatric hospitals are always as dangerous, and dirty, and just places you don't want to be. And every time you see somebody go to them, they're like screaming and they don't want to go. And it's like psychiatric hospitals, again, I hope that is the correct term, but. Yeah. 
they're not like that. Like they are care facilities. They mm-hmm. are there to help people get better, not to lock people away. They haven't been that way for a very, yeah. very long time. So yeah, okay, sure. Like say for example, in American Horror Story season two, which is the main mm. one. Yes, I'm aware that that season came out quite a long time ago. It's also set in a different era. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way, you know, when we talk a lot about people having like critical thinking skills and stuff like that, you can decipher that this is fantastical. I don't know if that's even the right word. Hyper mm. hyperbold. Yes. You yeah. know, it's 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 not actually it's not actually how it is, it's definitely not anymore. But the problem is not everybody can make that distinction. And yeah, so people who are experiencing um mental health conditions or they need mental health help they won't go and seek it because they're scared that people, like even the professionals who are meant to help them are not going to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And that's just what these films are like buying into. So yeah, even that scene in Scream 6 in 2023, like how is, how do you still think that's the kind of thing that happens? And also it just was not necessary. I'm not saying that, oh, as long as it's plot relevant, it should be done. But the fact that it wasn't even really plot relevant, like people are probably going to argue with us with this, but I think Leanne is right. You can remove that element yeah. from it and the film really wouldn't have changed, especially not Scream 6. I completely agree. I think if you're going to discuss mental health issues, then you need to make sure that you're doing something with that. You're not just chucking it in there for no reason. There's so many films which use it in such a vapid way and it frustrates me. I mean, like Joker, for one. I'm actually don't know if I want to talk about that film too much in this episode simply because of the many bad experiences people have had discussing it but maybe we will later but anyhow you speaking about say psychiatric hospitals and institutions and such that always makes me think of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest some might consider that a horror some might consider it a drama I think it's one of those like films that could kind of be called anything depending on how you view it like depictions in that are very interesting of, of psychiatric hospitals that is because it's portrayed negatively but for good reason because in that era people were mistreated in those institutions and the whole point of the film was to bring light to that and that is very different to say the way it's used in American Horror Story Asylum which is Mm -hmm. basically just like oh this is horror fodder we're gonna chuck aliens in and crap like that it was nuts like and it just isn't doing anything positive it's just like oh this is a cool setting Mm -hmm. let's have sexed up nuns here and it was just so nonsensical and it didn't really do anything as far as like exploring the people that were there like I feel like they thought they did something like that but they really didn't I don't know I don't think they did I you know usually I am not one to give Ryan Murphy a pass right neither (laughs) of us are if you've listened to any of our episodes before like we're covered for that man's career but I, I again, not to make excuses, but with American Horror Story season two, like you said, because it is so nonsensical, it is almost like you really cannot believe that's mm-hmm. even the way it was then, no matter mm-hmm. any point, right? I'm still not saying it's a good thing because unfortunately it's like that subconscious intake of information mm-hmm. that you're taking in. Because um, it even goes back to, say, even further, feels like Halloween. Mm-hmm. right because how does halloween start with michael mars escaping yeah. from uh, a psychiatric hospital and despite the fact it's not the main focus like the main focus is that he you know is a killer and that, that's it that's the film <laughs> but you know in the back of your mind from the beginning of the film this is where he came from and yeah. in the original films 
I haven't seen all of them because mm-hmm. again if you've listened to us for a while I'm not the biggest Halloween fan <laughs> but at least in the first film as far as I'm aware there's not a lot of detail that goes into Michael's backstory yeah. you know at least not told I, I know why but like obviously from his perspective it's told from outsider's perspective oh. so you just have this fear of this faceless man who has a quote-unquote troubled background yeah and yeah, say so the first time we ever introduced to him, he's on the run from the psychiatric hospital, mm-hmm. which, you know, implies people who are in these hospitals are dangerous mm-hmm. and also that they are places people don't want to be. And it kind mm-hmm. of just goes hand in hand with, is it the thing that you remember about Halloween? No, of course it isn't. But it is that subconscious thought that gets put into your head, then plays over into other films and other experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, like say you meet somebody one day and they tell you that they've had experience um, when they're in a psychiatric hospital and just like, instantly your guard may go up yeah and you might not even know why because you know you you've never met somebody who was dangerous that's come that's had experience with one of those hospitals and yet yeah your guard goes up judgment is there Mm -hmm. i find it really interesting how the further halloween films um and say like the rob zombie one and the um the reboot whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um how they really double down on the psychiatric hospital and psychological problems that michael has i mean in the original his doctor dr loomis is like he isn't he's pure evil like he, he's he, he's an entity of evil they really yeah. go into that in the new ones i mean people even meme it now they're like evil dies tonight <laughs> yeah. but like yeah i mean in the rob zombie ones i don't know if you've seen them they really dive into yeah. his childhood and how he like killed animals and all this. Mm-hmm. And then in the new ones, yeah, it's like you're introduced to him at a psychiatric hospital when those podcasters turned up, which is like, it is a really cool sequence, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. it was the best. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, they really like went further into that, you know, which was weird to me because it was already bizarre that it's like, oh, he's in a institute and he's broken out and all that like yeah it sounds kind of cool when you're younger but then when you start to question it it's bad it's like oh yeah let's double down on that (laughs) like let's like demonize people in institutions and stuff like looking for help even more like obviously this is different because he's like a mass murderer but still Mm -hmm. my point still stands Mm -hmm. and I just think that too many films lean on that as a crutch Mm -hmm. not just oh they have a mental health issue or problem or struggle but like oh they had to be instituted and all this shit like there's a million films where someone's like in prison or in an institute and gets out I mean like Silence of the Lambs is a classic you know and I just think that like we should stop making these places look careless and like they don't do any you know don't do any good and they don't help and that they're not secure because like the reality is so different Mm-hmm. I don't know that's just my thought on it we spoke about something briefly before we first started recording um for like a solo review thing I want to do at some point um but there is a game that I played recently that the first game it starts in um a psychiatric hospital and it is that very classic mm. dingy portrayal and it's like the game is, is is great um but again it's like say for someone like myself who like I just see it as a horror trope i don't personally yeah. have any association with you know real life places like that like i really have the two separate in my mind but i can understand how people can get them mixed up mm-hmm. and you know it, that you just said i mean i don't know what more we can say about it obviously it's just not 
yeah. a great a great portrayal but then it's just it's also interesting how you bring up you know the demonization of say michael Myers' character by calling him like pure evil mm-hmm. and how despite the fact it's still not great representation at least in the earlier films it was still a lot more um it was more vague it was it was a lot more vague yeah. and then you move on to like you previously mentioned split that was just super direct and in your face mm-hmm. and even i'll say it was like my kind of first experience of someone explaining you know um uh i don't dissociative identity disorder um otherwise known as did and again i knew because it was a horror i knew mm. that this was not an accurate representation yeah. um, and then obviously after that there was a lot of discussion of it within the did community but also outside because mm-hmm. people were talking about how like i'm not gonna take away that his acting was very impressive like james mcavoy's um ability to portray a multitude of characters in such a short period of time is impressive however it's not an accurate portrayal of what did is it's mm-hmm. just an impressive portrayal of character work and you can get the same thing from an audition tape yeah it, it's a film that left a bad taste in my mouth and it took a while for me to even realize why and mm-hmm. it was because not only is like it quite explicit what the condition is it's also you know shows him going to therapy so again it puts therapy in a really negative light but this time towards the therapist like Mm -hmm. you know anybody who's interested in getting to therapy you know i i don't say that there aren't elements of it that can be dangerous but it's not quite like that and you know you're not putting your life at risk like every time you you walk through the office uh, to the door of your office but it was also the fact that when they made one of his identities a literal beast and again, I know non-human identities exist. I know that is a thing, but again, not like this. Yeah, it was just so ridiculous. Like, I know that there have been reports that some people with DID kind of like feels um, physical changes. So, like, some people when they um, are one of their alters, they um, they need glasses suddenly, or they don't need glasses. Like, that is a reported thing, but not literally becoming something else you know that was just so fantastical and stupid and I think that as much as you can say oh but no one would believe that yes they do like people who just don't you know question the media they're consuming which unfortunately is more than you know anyone would like are gonna just take assumptions from the media they watch because a lot of people just you know they have trust and faith in the people that create said media and they don't think they'd ever like manipulate them or like change the reality of what something is because mm. you know I think sometimes when you like start to realize that it can make you start to see everything in a very different way and some people just don't really want to do that which mm. is fair it is what it is but that's just why I think it's like filmmakers responsibilities to not do that like M. Night you're a knob like he's known for this like he in multiple films now has leaned on mental health issues as a like source of terror and horror I mean um did you ever see old yeah you know that one guy that starts losing it and um everyone was saying like it was very obvious he was trying to be like oh this guy's schizophrenic or something and it was just so daft and it frustrated me so much but um Mm -hmm. yeah I think there are certain directors who really do like lean into these things um a really obvious one would probably be Ari Aster 
Mm. But in a very different way, I would say that his his films are interesting because I wouldn't say they're either exploring mental health in a positive or negative light. They are just simply exploring it, which I guess in some ways is a good thing because it's better than it being negative. And also it's really like shown um, his films, that is, how different people can react very differently to these depictions. Because I mean, Hereditary, everyone found it creepy but then people who have a history of um you know um mental health conditions in their family like hereditary ones I mean it's literally in the title a lot of people noticed that straight away and it really resonated with them and they really appreciated it for that whereas other people it might have just gone completely over their heads so sometimes I think if we think that something was um, a bad portrayal or we don't like it or something. So maybe sometimes that's because we're not the intended audience, but who who am I to say? No, this is a really interesting point. So obviously the big question that this episode is raising, and it's one we're not going to be able to answer because like I said, we don't have the experience or the knowledge, um, but even so is, so should mental health conditions be portrayed in horror? Like how do Mm. they fit in? How, if it, you know, how do you portray something in a positive light in a horror film? Mm-hmm. And I get it. So something that I thought was really interesting is that a lot of the films um, that I had seen that mm-hmm. did come up, um, including one that I didn't expect at all, and stick around for that because it was kind of interesting, but are ones like the ones that you've said, but also things like Black Swan. Yeah. And it's because these, unlike, say, like, American Horror Story and Split, and even, obviously, like, the classics like Psycho and The Shining and things like that, instead of showing the horror that these people will inflict on others, it's the horror of the mental health condition itself. Yeah. So with Black Swan, it was, you know, psycho. people have said that it is an accurate portrayal of psychosis because, you know, she isn't this, like, she, you know, she's not a Norman Bates. She's mm-hmm. not this loner character locked up with, mm-hmm. you know, her dead mother. She is an extremely ambitious, motivated, professional dancer. And a lot of the time, it is people in those positions in society that do have these mental health conditions because Mm. they are so driven and, you know, kind of like being your own worst enemy kind of thing, which is literally what, you know, Mm -hmm. this one is. So it's the idea that if, you know, modern horror day films are going to portray mental health conditions, then the horror could come from, like you said, a much more personal experience of people like from the person themselves like because that's what horror is in the end of the day. horror isn't meant to be pleasant i'm not saying that it should be yeah but having it more individual mm-hmm. is a better way to go about it because then you know this is where it also comes into having people on set who can say yes or no to yeah. how this could be portrayed and obviously no single individual no matter their experience can speak for a whole community mm-hmm. But obviously they will speak a lot better than somebody who has absolutely no experience and is using it purely for entertainment purposes. No, completely. I mean, I said earlier, I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about Joker, but it kind of does fit in perfectly here. Like you're saying about Black Swan and things depicting the individual and how mental health conditions might affect them. Joker kind of did the opposite. (laughs) Like, and that was a lot of people's problem with it. I mean, it's not even like reading into things. There is literally a line in the film where he calls himself a mentally ill loner. So people weren't reading into it. They clearly want to, you know, bring a parallel between him causing all this chaos 
and destruction and all this violence and him being mentally ill and I just thought that that was so incredibly irresponsible I think that whenever you try to say like criticize a film like Joker people are like no but mental health does upset people and it does drive them to you know like commit acts and stuff it's like no one's saying that that's not true but when these big scale um productions and pieces of media directly correlate them that just you know that's gonna give people a really bad impression of what a like mentally struggling person is I think it shows him in a therapist's office but that doesn't go well either Mm. so then also you've shown that someone who's mentally ill can't get help so like oh you can't get help so uh you should just be violent and I think that it unfortunately was taken quite literally by a lot of people like a lot of people said like oh it's so validating and it's like yeah that is what they were going for but I don't think they should have gone for that so they were validated in very bad very bad thinking and I just I don't know like I literally my thoughts about Joker are so scrambled just because like I said it gets me so worked up it gets me so angry when it comes to other films like say American Psycho and all he's clearly demonized you know they use the word psycho in the title and I mean like yeah maybe the word psychopath is outdated and you know sociopath psychopath those terms are actual terms used for people with conditions that aren't necessarily violent and they've been associated with that now but in American Psycho it never justifies that it doesn't say oh because you're a psycho it's completely valid that you're a murderer whereas like in Joker it actually does feel like that's the message they're trying to get across I know that was a ramble but yeah no no I get it and do you know what it's actually made me think of most streaming services um mostly when it comes to series but if they're dealing with sensitive topics mm-hmm. a lot of the time now they will come up with a warning at the beginning yeah you know saying that they are dealing with sensitive topics they'll come up with helplines you know mm. especially when it comes to i mean you know the main one i'm thinking of is obviously 13 reasons why because it's yeah. kind of what launched a lot of stuff doing this and my question is why can't films do the same i'm not saying it would solve every yeah. issue but it's even like older films mm-hmm. so you know you look at um say what disney's doing right now yeah true you know with films that have um racially insensitive content and mm-hmm. you know really harsh stereotypes that are you know children are being exposed to mm-hmm. and that's you know ch- children are sponges like they will yeah you know soak things up so it's important to have that distinction because i'd like i get it like we even spoke about kind of slightly off topic when we did our community episode about the dungeons and dragons episode that got Mm. removed from netflix and how it kind of created like a weird darkness around it all because of an insensitive joke that was made um you know and again we talked about how there isn't any really right or wrong way to deal with it but we both agreed that kind of removing the whole episode didn't work yeah so say for these older films you know they're already out there they've happened but to have some kind of you know card at the beginning or the Mm -hmm. end to explain i mean obviously i know it happens right at the end of credits but like you know films still have the thing where it says you know any portrayals um to people real or fictional blah blah you know wasn't intentional like i don't think it would be too much to have something like that for these films i completely agree especially on streaming you know physical media is a completely different bag but yeah i completely agree with you because if the you know a lot of these films are as they claim to um trying to bring light to certain topics then why aren't they providing resources to help the people who in the real world are affected by these conditions Mm -hmm. like 
it's not that hard you know even like these standards plot lines you know they like do yeah. something oh and then God, they have a helpline for people because you know they actually write those storylines not to demonize but to bring light to a lot of things mm-hmm. um i know hollyoaks did that a lot with eating disorders which i was like a really big deal at the time because it actually seemed to i think i read something somewhere about how actually phone calls for eating disorder helplines like rose dramatically so clearly it had an effect so maybe some of these films should do that too like mm-hmm. um for example, something like The Bubbleduck, which is very clearly about grief and trauma. That film's good, don't get me wrong. It doesn't do anything bad, but that's that's a film where, say, like a phone line could be provided. You but know? you know, The Babadook is actually another one that, again, came up as... I use the word positive loosely, but yeah, basically just not negative is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. as a portrayal of you know mental health conditions, like dealing with trauma and grief mm-hmm. and things like that, in a similar way that, say, Hereditary did. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, horror films are not positive pieces of media. Yeah. You know, we don't watch it to feel good, even though I know we did literally release an episode on comfort horror films, but that's a different <laughs> scenario. Um, I get so what I get saying. it yeah and I know a lot of people listening to this episode you know are going to be like oh it's a film just let it be a film and it's like no I know and I get it like you know there are films that I like and for example this game I just spoke about that I know have problematic elements to it and I was like and to me I don't think about it too much because I feel like you know I I, I do separate the medias like I know mm-hmm. like I wouldn't show this to somebody and be like this is this or this is that you know yeah. so I get it and I know that as I said, it's, it's a difficult question to answer of like, how should it be handled? And it sounds so stupid, but like, it should just be handled better. And I mean, going back to the beginning, but to have a film in 2023, like Scream 6, that they know is going to have a big audience, to have this really blatant, whether it's um, accurate or not, but to just have this really blatantly negative portrayal of mm-hmm. someone, you know dealing with trauma or like you said a hereditary um mental health condition that's been passed down and mm. i don't know maybe they have plans to deal with it no way <laughs> not such a chance i'm just you know i'm just covering all bases here mm-hmm. maybe but i just know that and i don't you know some people might even say you know sam's character in particular it's like yeah but she does resist these violent um but then i mean like spoiler has. warning the whole mm. point of the film in the end is apparently, oh, embrace that you're a serial killer's daughter. Yeah, that's my point, though. That's my point. And it's like, you know what? Again, I think, I can't remember exactly what episode or what we were even talking about, but I think we said something similar before. Like, I think even the vagueness of it, like, mm. in reality, there isn't such a thing exactly as good and evil. It's not that binary. Of course. And I do understand, you know, this kind of goes with what we're trying to say. Films do educate people to an extent. But in film, there is good and evil. You know, from a child, you're literally, you know, you grow up with good and evil, which is why, you know, when you come across morally grey characters, you find them so interesting because since you were a child, you've been told that there is good and there is evil. So sometimes, especially in horror films, I don't always think there needs to be a reason. I don't think, you know, mm-hmm. if there's a villain, just let them be a villain. And, like, this is why even sometimes, you know, classic horror films say, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street, right? As far as I'm aware, there isn't any mention of Freddy's backstory in the first film. Not No, not, not him, like not there is further on. Yeah, no. Exactly. But then, like you said, it gets explored. And I understand... From like a writing point of view, it makes sense to explore the characters as you go along further. But the truth is that film was 
great and the character was great as it was as yeah. him being this evil yeah motherfucker you know so yeah i don't know i guess maybe just going too much into it or like I said, sometimes things can just be the way that they are and they don't have to have a certain association with them because that is when people start to associate real life scenarios yeah completely with those things i completely agree i mean i think that like you say that moment that you start to encounter morally gray characters is really interesting i think there's like if we're going to generalize it there's like a certain age it's probably when you hit like being a teenager that you start to kind of like consume that kind of media more and... at least i would say with our generation because i am very yeah. aware that obviously younger generations now don't have the same upbringing that we do they're yeah, exposed very true. to like a lot more via social media and stuff yeah, so at that's least very true that very experience very true um and i think that that is definitely becoming more commonplace in media you know and in horror films so while we are talking about some like negative depictions um there are some where it is just very gray say carrie that's one i've made note of um obviously the mother is demonized but say you read the novel you'd mm -hmm. know that actually the mum went through a lot like you can tell that there she is definitely going through something which has then you know caused um caused trauma for her daughter for carrie who also faces trauma through bullying and everything and you sympathize with Carrie but you don't it's hard because you kind of like yeah when she like kills everyone but you're also very aware of how fucked up it is that she was driven to that mm -hmm. and it's just like that I'd say Carrie is a very good example of something that is so morally gray because mm -hmm. you really just I don't know about you but most people I've spoken to they just don't know how to feel when they watch it mm -hmm. and um I would say like the the contemporary version of that to me is uh, Midsommar. Um, I think if you viewed the ending of Midsommar as just 100% positive, then you are not watching the same film as me somehow. But um, yeah, like, you know, this is someone who as well has gone through trauma. Uh, things have happened in their family, similar to Carrie. It, actually, there was a lot of, you know, correlation between the films, which I mm -hmm. didn't really realise until I'm saying it now. But I think that, the problem with Midsommar is that I don't know how, but people just view it like straight up as um, good for her, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think it kind of like, I just don't know how that's happened. Honestly, I don't know if that's an audience thing or if it's the media that's put out. Um, if people see mental health in films as too simplified now, maybe, and like you say, too binary, because, you know, I, she does fucked up things. She, you know, she kills her boyfriend, but I mean, he like, because he slept with someone else but that was drug induced and yeah we spoke things. about this before like he he is a bastard but it's like he doesn't deserve that he didn't deserve he goes that through shit no. too. Yeah. yeah and yeah i think that like the fact that people can just so immediately like go to black and white with that film is very interesting to me because mm -hmm. yeah is it that people are watching media that is too simplified now has mm -hmm. um has these issues been watered down and made too simple i don't know because it's so fascinating that we'd like to think that, um, you know, complex portrayals of mental health conditions are becoming more prominent because in a way there actually were a lot in the past. And I think people like to ignore that. I, d I don't know, you know, like um, say Psycho. Yes, it's fucked up. Like the, the the Norman Bates, you know, the mother, all of that. But at the same time, you do still sympathize for Norman. You don't agree with what he's doing, but you realize that he has been traumatized by his mother. Mm -hmm. And I think people like, to ignore those things um say as well like there's just so many older films like that so like i said carrie um i feel like a lot of uh stephen king ones you could say this as well and i just think that 
people are too quick to say like oh the Babadook and hereditary are like the only things that have looked at these topics in a nuanced way mm-hmm. so I don't know there's this there's this very interesting debate at the moment I don't know if you've heard about it it's called like the babyfication of media oh no Okay, so basically, you know how, you know, you watch Shrek and a lot of older kids films and they appeal to adults too. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting is a lot of people now talking about adult media that's um, almost like more childish. So um, I hate to say it, but, you know, like Marvel films, if you're going to be really Mm -hmm. like rude about it. But um, how a lot of media now is kind of like easy consumption, which is like completely valid. Like it's completely, you know, like, yeah, let's have fun media. But yeah, um, this very binary thing in superhero films of like good versus evil. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of blockbusters before the superhero influx were a bit more um, morally gray. You know, um, used to get really cool ones like um, uh, Blade stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. um like and it just that's kind of vanished a little bit on the um mainstream side of film and media I would say I'm not saying it's completely gone obviously Mm -hmm. but um that could lead to some of the um um, simplified viewing habits I don't know but yeah no I think it's really interesting because it's like obviously I understand the simplification and the surface level exploration in say like uh media that is created for younger audiences yeah because, like I get it at the end of the day I don't think kids need that kind of baggage to deal sure. with like yeah they're gonna get enough as they grow up so they don't need that at the time so in that kind of scenario I get it it's the introduction into like you know there is this binary and then like you said as they get older and their critical thinking skills develop mm-hmm. then they can start realizing that it's not always quite like that and then that's how you start to separate I would say the media mm-hmm. from reality so I guess here is where I can kind of mention the film that I came across that would never have come to my mind when considering either positive or negative portrayals of mental health conditions and it's the empire strikes back is that one that would have come to your mind Liana? interesting yeah so go on. the reason um is because people have said that it does a really good job of showing that everyone has good and bad in them mm-hmm. and it also shows that you know luke isn't afraid of darth vader but he's afraid of turning into darth vader mm-hmm. which i guess kind of goes back to like you said of hereditary about uh inherited mental health conditions Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting because that is a media form that is I think very expertly created for both children and adults and I just feel like yeah and it's literally a film that has a good and a bad side Mm -hmm. and yet you know people do you know it does show that you can kind of go between the two and it's the whole idea of fighting the quote-unquote badness in you obviously that's not the term that I would use when you're talking about real life situations Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, it's that whole idea of being like some people, yes, do succumb to these things. Other people live with them daily. Um, but, you know, they, they do the work that they need to do to keep on going. Yeah. So I, and that's yeah. something I find really interesting as well, actually. Now you point out like about the conclusion of the entire original trilogy. Like obviously Darth Vader then is like, yo, <laughs> you know, I was going to say Palpatine, but I guess he's actually the emperor at that point. But um, yeah. Yeah, how he kind of turns around Yvonne 80s to save Luke and everything. So actually just, a really yeah, good one. Just thought it was like when I say that I typed in like positive portrayals of mental health conditions <laughs> and like that's one that came up and I was like, that's actually Well, I mean, if you actually think about it, like Luke's whole training period, he is like going through it. <laughs> so it is actually a very good example. Yeah. But I guess in a way to kind of maybe start wrapping up this episode today, mm-hmm. one place that some people might argue the opposite, but I think could actually be quite beneficial to this idea is, believe it or not, TikTok. Yeah. Now, 
I understand there is a lot of ignorance on TikTok because it is just like such an easy to consume platform. And I know a lot of young people are obviously on it. A lot of people actually get their information from it. And if you're on the right side of TikTok, that's great because a lot of the time you get completely raw and honest um, firsthand experiences of certain situations. And then other times you get people just yeah yeah <laughs> but I like I've come across accounts of people um with certain mental health conditions that have been demonized in the media mm. not shying away from you know what people who have never experienced them would consider scary but basically being like yeah you might consider it scary but this is my everyday life like this yeah, is yeah. what I deal with this is what I go through this is how the people in my life react to it mm-hmm. and it, you know it's not fear and it's not you know, it's it's just the way you'd interact with anybody else because that's mm-hmm. what it is at the end of the day. Of so I'm, you know, I'm not saying take TikTok at face value or anything like that, but I just think mm-hmm. it's interesting how certain social media platforms are actually doing a lot to destigmatize these stereotypes that have been created and are still being created, as is you know been shown from a film that was released this year. Yeah. Um. Just yeah, it's more to do with the humor of it and not the horror of it. So, yeah no completely completely agree i was i think tiktok's interesting because it is um like some of the films we've been saying it is a tool for good and bad it's about you know the people whose content you consume not the people you know like who you know are kind of hyperbolic and like you know those like true crimey um those kind of ones yeah following the actual people that are, you know straight from the source getting information following people that are sharing their own personal experiences is probably a very good way to um find out more about these issues that you've discovered through films 100% agree with that I also think another really good resource is um Sarah Hawkinson on YouTube she used to talk a lot about psychology on her main channel and she also has a horror channel called Possessed by Horror and she still has that very uh very intense interest in psychology so those two interests often overlap so um she talks about that a lot on her youtube channel both her um her main and her horror one which i will link on the youtube video and we'll probably post a bit on socials because she's mm-hmm. she's brilliant and um yeah i think that's a great resource there's also um an upcoming documentary called mental health in horror i think they've now finished crowdfunding but they've got some great names attached some people i know personally are involved in it and it looks like it's going to be a brilliant documentary and also shudder has some really great uh documentaries which don't necessarily um, revolve around mental health issues in horror, but they do revolve around other topics such as queerness and all, which, you know, in those documentaries, they do then slightly discuss mm-hmm. mental health issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I will make sure all of those are available to all the listeners. And in the meantime, you know, I said all of our episodes, we like to create some kind of discussion. And like, you know, we said right at the beginning of this, we're not experts we're literally speaking from our own experience as film viewers and as horror fans some people might come away from this being like oh well you're not horror fans if you don't you know agree with this or agree with that and it's like obviously a couple of the films we've mentioned today yes we are saying are bad betrayals and you know they need to just be swept away (laughs) but then there are other ones that you know are a bit older that yes they were from a time of ignorance but for that reason they were quite vague and people didn't you know necessarily associate the you know mental health conditions with the film it was just more like I said you know the bad villain and things like that yeah so yeah we I you know I'd really like to hear more about more films that 
Again, it's not the right word, but I, you know, I do have like a positive or an yeah. accurate representation, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's probably a better way to phrase it, but an accurate representation um, within horror. Completely. I, they're def- they're, they're <laughs> yeah. definitely out there. And I mean, you know, people always talk about like, write what you know and things like that. And I'm not saying that somebody can't write something or create something they've never experienced, but you can't do it completely in the dark. Like no, there has completely. to be... And I don't think you can get it all just from like online searches either. Like you have to have some kind of expert involved and yeah. And you know, sometimes people say that they do and it's like, well, obviously it wasn't enough. I mean, was... M. Knight promised that he, after the release of Split, he promised that he would um, speak to people with DID and speak to professionals and he literally never did. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of really just yeah, sums all, it up. It? But yeah, I think a nice way to finish this up would be maybe to give our recommendations for, like you say, not necessarily the right word, but like positive representations. Um, mm. Me personally, I would probably recommend, um, it sounds like a weird choice, but uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, because it really, you know, I can't even begin to scratch the surface of that in this video. I didn't even start, but it just really explores uh, family trauma and grief and all these different concepts and then um yeah maybe on top of that um the babadook which does similar Mm -hmm. things what about you i can't think of any off the top of my head so i will go away and maybe we'll say we'll tweet some out and on instagram and things like that so obviously make sure you are following us on all our socials Mm -hmm. um if you don't feel like comfortable publicly talking about stuff like this in the comments you know always feel free to dm us yes we just like i said we're just happy to have these conversations we like to be educated ourselves as well like this is something we want to know more about because you know we're not trying to be like voices for this kind of thing it's just a topic that we thought was prevalent right now that was worth talking about um so yeah just yeah come come talk to us say what you think (laughs) leave film recommendations yes we love it this isn't something you want to talk about go back and do the same on any of our other episodes we're hoping we're back now maybe at least for the next few months mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got some ideas going around of episodes that are going to be coming out soon we're hoping to each do a few more solo reviews so we both now have one out which is very exciting on our youtube mm. channel so go check those out and also leave your thoughts on those leave suggestions of things that maybe you would like us to review in a bit more detail um and yeah follow us everywhere pretty much yeah we love it this podcast isn't just to educate our listeners we like to be educated too so like sky said let us know some film titles let us know what you want to hear about we honestly love it when you interact with us it's great but yeah so subscribe if you're watching on youtube and follow us everywhere we really love it we're building a lovely little community but yeah that's it for today and we'll see you in the next one bye bye